T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back into another edition of the Fantasy Football Sunday Podcast. I am your host, Steven Serta. Happy to be joined by my guy, Dusty Likens. Woo! Had a pretty incredible week one of action around the NFL. Mm-hmm. Hey, it was one of the highest scoring opening weekends by rookie offensive players in NFL history. It was just rookie after rookie after rookie. Dude you've never heard of. Dude you had high hopes for, but you probably didn't risk starting in week one. Just everybody going off left and right. Yeah, including my new guy. Love him. Hawkinson from Detroit. That's that's just my guy. I'm going to claim <laughs> yes. him the rest of this year. He had the best rookie start of a tight end of all time. And we know sort of what the narrative is on rookie tight ends. They never show up in their first rookie season. But uh, Hawkinson... Uh, what a guy that guy is, but uh, there's other tight end news that we got to get into. Uh, I do have old TJ in a dynasty league, so very happy to see that. It was a dynasty league where I had Rob Gronkowski retire, mm. but I also have Evan Ingram in that league, so I am loaded at tight end in that dynasty league. Trade so bait. very happy to see TJ Hawkinson lighten it up in week one of the NFL season. Again, he's a rookie. I don't know how much faith we can put in that. Tons. I think he is an incredible player. But I don't know that that's going to continue all season. He's going to have his ups and downs, as all rookies do. But we do have a little bit of breaking tight end news, as the Chargers just announced a little bit ago that Hunter Henry suffered a foot injury against the Colts this past weekend. I guess I probably should have had the injury pulled up right in front of me. But You I didn't don't. even know he was hurt. A lot of uh, mute injury news going on. I just think it's funny that here we are again, the Chargers are chargering. Uh, once again, and now they are without their starting tight end that we thought that was going to be great, uh, full year of health, and now it's uh, a four- to six-week injury. So it is a injury to his left knee. It is a tibia plateau fracture. Mm, WebMD. That sounds absolutely terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, that sucks. So Hunter Henry is a guy that I had a lot of faith in as a player. I think that he was somebody that I was looking at in a lot of my drafts. He's not somebody I wound up with in any of my drafts because uh Chargers. Well, <laughs> not necessarily that. Like I think he's a great player if he can stay on the field. And you know, his rookie year, he was incredible. He had an incredible rookie season. He had like seven hundred receiving yards his rookie year. You don't generally see tight ends come out and, and get, you know, anywhere near close to a thousand yards their rookie year. Like Evan Ingram had a big season his rookie year. It's starting to be you know, these guys are starting to be a little bit more NFL ready when they come into the league. So we're starting to see when you're these freak athletes, you can just produce at least as a receiver. We'll worry about the blocking later. Hawkinson's one of those guys who can already block too, sure. which is why he's got potential to just be on the field all the time. Yeah, I think he was on the field 60 of 80 snaps for the Detroit Lions last Sunday. Yeah. And that's why his potential is through the roof, even as a rookie, because he could still block 
like he's like he's a legitimate NFL tight end. Right. Oh, uh, the learning curve on that is you usually takes quite a while before somebody is actually able to block guys like Von Miller and slow down some of the best pass rushers in the NFL. But Hunter Henry, they're saying it's a four to six week thing. They're not going to put him on IR, but for a lot of fantasy owners, that's probably a pretty devastating blow for, you know, for six weeks of the season because he is guaranteed to be your starting tight end. Hunter Henry was a projected, you know, top eight, top 10 tight end in preseason fantasy rankings. Right. So there's, there's no, there's no instance where you drafted him not to be your starting tight end on your fantasy football team, unless you're like a really shallow league. Yeah. And his numbers on uh on week one were four catches for 60 yards, which if you're in full point PPR, 10 points total, that's easy math. But I think that if you drafted Hunter Henry with your first pick at tight end, you should have picked up somebody from behind uh, in that tight end range. Somebody that is a not a not a I guess prolific tight end, but there's a lot of tight ends available um, that you probably should be able to find in your league. I mean, some of these guys that we're talking about is like guys like Tyler Eifert is one I think that is a sexy play, yeah. especially with AJ Green out. I know they have other tight ends on that sexy. roster. What'd you say? I don't know about sexy. You don't think Eifert's sexy? He's healthy. He's, I, he's a good boat. he's a good looking cat. Very good. But I've got I and I do I have Eifert in a dynasty league as well. It's um you. But I think the play here is Antonio Gates. <laughs> <laughs> no, mean, it's not. Maybe not the play. Okay, the, no, there's better You're plays. You're onto that though. There's better plays than Antonio Gates. But if you want to be but the that's scoop. the move for the Chargers. It's Get not Virgil here. Green, who is his uh, who's the other tight end on the roster, who's his backup. We've seen Virgil Green have plenty of chances to be a contributor in the passing game. He is just not that. He's not that guy. And Antonio Gates, Philip Rivers talked all offseason how how weird it was not having Antonio Gates when he set foot on the practice field. Philip Rivers is going to be championing them bringing in Antonio Gates for one more run. And that's going to happen. We know. And that doesn't mean you should pick him up on your fantasy on your fantasy. Yeah, there's there's much better guys to go pick up like Virgil Green. Hey, no! Don't go. Don't that's go pick the up backup. Don't go pick up Virgil Green. Virgil Green sucks. Don't He's get the backup. Time and the... time again, yeah. he is not good. He will not contribute to your fantasy team. It is a waste of a move. Yeah, I'm in the... multiple leagues where you have to pay for waiver wire moves. Mm. I I pray somebody wastes a move on Virgil Green because it just makes the pot that much bigger. But guys that are actually viable replacements that are probably available in your league, a guy like. My dude, Andrew Luck's dude, Jack Doyle. He's available in a ton of leagues still. He was going undrafted a lot because of Eric Ebron. Then when Andrew Luck decided to retire with Jacoby Brissett, people are saying, oh, there's too many mouths to feed. We don't know if we can trust Jacoby Brissett as a passer. Well, they're going to be a run-heavy team, as we saw in week one, Marlon Mack. My guy. Oh, I love Marlon Mack Big so week, much. man. Had Big a monster, week. monster game. Career day for him. Very intriguing opening one. Opening week for Marlon Mack because that offensive line's great. And Jacoby Brissett looks pretty good. Now, neither one of the tight ends did very much in that matchup, but there's still room to feel positive about both of them. I know Eric Ebron didn't have much of a game. Jack Doyle had a few catches and he was he was the more targeted of the two. That's why I think Jack Doyle is is definitely should be a top end ad for you if he is available in your league, because Jacoby Brissett loves him some Jack Doyle. When Andrew Luck was injured a couple of years ago, Jacoby Brissett was the starter. Jack Doyle finished that season as the seventh-ranked tight end in the NFL yeah. because he was just getting all of Jacoby Brissett's targets. 
Now Jacoby Brissett's a little bit more comfortable in the passing offense. We saw him hit T.Y. Hilton. I was worried a about T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> I, I benched T.Y. Hilton in two leagues because I was worried about him. But so it was the, the whole offense is intriguing right now. But Jack Doyle is going to be the one who's available because Eric Ebron's probably rostered already. So Jack Doyle's somebody I'm absolutely targeting. Uh, Trey Burton, I don't love. He's probably available in a lot of your leagues. But he's banged up right now, and I just don't have that much faith that Trey Burton's going to be a weekly fantasy starter for you. Tyler Eifert, I think, is intriguing. We've seen that he can be a legitimate top 10 tight end candidate when he is healthy. He's just never healthy, and he keeps suffering these gruesome injuries, so I don't know how much stock you really want to put in Tyler Eifert. Like, a Mark Andrews, if he is available. That's who I like. Mark Andrews. Looked very good for the Ravens in week one. He was one of the most targeted guys. He was he he played a bunch of snaps for an offense that looks like it might have a little bit more juice than we thought it was going to. They're not going to do what they did against the Dolphins every week. Yeah, Lamar's going to have some ups and some downs. But Mark Andrews is one of his absolute favorite targets. So I think Mark Andrews, if he's available, he should be a top ad. Darren Waller getting picked up left and right now. If he's available in your league, you should absolutely add Darren Waller. Um, and if you need help right if you need help right away, this isn't a guy that you can pick up because he's suspended, but a guy that I love. Chris Herndon, tight end, second year tight end for the New York Jets. He's a very, very talented player. Last year he had an okay rookie season with Sam Darnold as his quarterback. And all training camp long, people raved about the chemistry between the two. He's a very athletic player. I think he's a very good pass catcher. He's suspended for the first four games of the season. He's a guy that I've kind of got tabbed. If I have any tight end issues, I'm trying to pick him up week three because he'll be back by week five. That way he's already on my roster because I think he's going to be a guy that's going to contribute once he gets back into the fold. But if you need help right now, obviously you want to go with one of those guys. Yeah, Mark Andrews, eight receptions for 108 with a touchdown. That was good for 24.8 points last week in uh, PPR full point leagues. Um, yeah, that's the guy. I think that's the biggest guy in the waiver wire. Um Hawkinson was available in our league. I spent a lot of money on him uh, to pick him up because I didn't want to mess around. I thought a lot of people found his uh, performance extraordinary as much as I did. I think it was very popular. I didn't know how far he'd go in most leagues, but I like Mark Andrews a lot. I think Lamar Jackson's safety blanket is very well uh, point out. I'm surprised that Darren Waller was available in that many leagues. I guess maybe I'm biased to the show Hard Knocks because I watched it and he was became a household name with the recovering uh, story that he is, but he looked great. Derek Carr looked like he was going to target him a lot because it looks like Derek Carr's one thing is that he wants to be close to perfect as possible. Not how many yards he throws, but how many completions he makes. Uh, and Darren Waller, yes, he looked very good Monday night against what I think is going to be a good defense, although they didn't look Ugh. like they were a great defense on Monday night. But the Broncos have a lot of talent. They should have been getting pressure. I don't know if it's a Fangio thing. I don't know if they weren't prepared for the game. Uh, but yeah, Darren Waller should be a top ad if he's out there. Another guy I like a lot, Dallas Goddard. He might, you know, he is second fiddle to Zach Ertz, obviously, but he's going to be super involved in that passing game. And he still got a ton of snaps for Philadelphia this past weekend. He was still in the fold. He's still a really talented young player. He's a guy to keep an eye on, but probably not a guy that's going to contribute right now for your fantasy team. But some breaking news that happened Saturday that obviously is going to impact the rest of the fantasy season was Antonio Brown getting released by the Raiders right. and then being signed by the New England Patriots. And now then? now we've got some more issues with right. Antonio Brown. Um, it's possible he was accused of 
sexual assault from a former personal trainer. Three different counts. Three, diff- three different counts, three different instances in this suit that was filed uh, earlier this week. They're going through that. We don't really know what's happening with that. Uh, there's rumors that he could be put placed on the commissioner's exemplist. That's a Roger call. Roger, Roger Goodell has to make that call himself. Uh, the team can't do that themselves. So we'll see. Um, if that does happen, he's probably not going to play this year. He'll still get paid by the Patriots. So it will be a complete waste of a move by the Patriots, which a lot of people probably wouldn't be that mad about. But if you took him with a high fantasy pick in your draft, you're probably pretty upset about it. He also apparently isn't going to be able to wear 84. So if he does get mixed back in the fold, which he was at Patriots practice wearing number one today. One. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine he's going to be happy about not being able to wear that. Um, you probably should have just listened to us, and you probably should have just avoided Antonio Brown all summer long in your drafts. But you didn't. This is where you find yourself. You're down a legitimate number one, top five type of wide receiver who who was supposed to step into one of the best offenses in the NFL, and now you don't know what the hell's going on or when the hell he's going to be a part of the team. So the best thing I can tell people to do with Antonio Brown, if you took the flyer, if you took him in the first round, I'm sorry. If you took him in the second round, I guess that's okay because it was an extremely high boom and an extremely high bust. There's really no way to look at it. If you can, there's got to be a sucker in your league that you could possibly trade Antonio Brown with. Right now is the time to trade him. You got to go for somebody who's not very strong in receivers. Try to bait somebody because if we know anything, the Patriots always seem to get away with everything. So if you want to look at it like that and things don't tend to come out in the right way, even though there's a lot of smoke um, around this fire and it doesn't really look good for Antonio Brown, you got to try to get rid of him because you don't want to go through the roller coaster that is what it's been all year. When he gets released by the Raiders, there's a lot of people that draft Antonio Brown that said, okay, now he's going to the he's going to the Patriots offense. He's got Tom Brady. There's other targets that'll be distracted. You can't double coverage everybody. And we saw what happened when Randy Moss went from Oakland to New England. That was the narrative that started. Now you have these allegations. We've seen text messages that are beyond disrespectful. Um, so I don't know how much that plays into the suspension or the commissioner's exemplist. But if I'm you and you own Antonio Brown, do your best to trade him because I know. There's a sucker out there that'll bite on that bait, and you could probably flip him for maybe a tight end. You could probably flip him for like maybe a second running back, like maybe somebody has Marlon Mack. I don't know if you get away from Marlon Mack with Antonio Brown just because Marlon Mack's really, really good. That's not happening. I'm not That's, saying that is not again, happening. I'm not saying right you're now. gonna have to package more with just Antonio Brown, but if you want to go get somebody, trade him now. And if somebody takes that bait, or somebody wants to do it, or somebody start off zero and one that thinks, hey, I think he's gonna get away with it. I don't think he's gonna go on the list. If he doesn't, you get a typical uh, wide receiver one in a gigantic offense. This the the whole trade scenario. I don't think that's feasible at all. Like, you don't think like, there could be a possibility that he could get traded for somebody? Yeah, your, if you've got somebody that's a complete idiot in your league and they're willing to take that risk, that's strong to call risk. them an idiot because it's again he's because, with the but okay, but we're talking about something that one everything that this guy's put the league through and you can make an argument. This has all been positive for the league. This is what makes the NFL. The NFL is even during the off season, there's drama. We can't get enough of it. We follow everything so close to a T because we're, because we're, we, we get drunk off of it and we're obsessed with it. If you have somebody in your league that is willing to trade you for Antonio Brown right now, 
I think that that person should be kicked out of your league. And again, Marlon Mack's not the guy you're going to get. I was just saying a name of somebody that might be loaded at running back. Maybe you can go get a guy that was I, disappointing in week one. Like you see somebody who has Nick Chubb or Kerryon Johnson, and you're like, you know what? That guy didn't perform. It could be a long year. I'll give you A-B for him, or I'll give you A-B and somebody for that, and it's a two-team, it's a two-versus-one. You can flip him, and you can sit him on your bench, and if he never gets suspended, he starts to play. I don't see a scenario where somebody's willing to trade for Antonio Brown right now because of the uncertainty. It's worse than an injury where you know the guy might be back in a month. You have no idea if he's ever going to play. It's like having Le'Veon Bell sitting on your bench last season where you were just hoping you would get some news eventually that he was going to play, and he never wound up playing. But there is a situation where, like, if you have a team that's, you know, kind of deep at wide receiver – and they've got A.J. Green sitting on their bench, and they're stashing him right now because he's injured. A lot of people are doing that. If you could get A.J. Green for Antonio Brown, and you can you can kind of weather the storm for a month while A.J. Green's getting healthy again, I would do that. I, I would do that and just sit A.J. Green on my bench and try and just really, really play the matchups with the guys that I have, hit the waiver wire hard, and try to just get through the next month. Hopefully, A.J. Green comes back healthy. Hopefully, he looks like he's the legitimate number one wide receiver that we all know that he is. And then you kind of weathered the storm, and you got through the Antonio Brown debacle, and that didn't completely tank your entire season. And the Patriots always seem to get away with things. I'm just saying. um... As soon as he got cut, everybody knew he's going to go sign with the Patriots. That's what he does. That's what they're going to do. That's what I would have done. It made all the sense in the world. Everybody called it a week before it happened. Because it's almost like collusion. You almost saw it was going to happen. <laughs> he saw Derek Carr throw a football, and he's like, oh, man, I got to get out of here. And now he's with Tom Brady, and he lives with Tom Brady. And when Tom Brady was asked today about reports of Antonio Brown, he said not one word. He was then followed up with, not even a word? Didn't I just answer that? So it's dicey. Yes. But, yeah, if you can, if you can do something like that, I could see a scenario where somebody might bite on an A-B because he is healthy and ready to play right now, presumably. Uh, but I, I just don't think there's any value unless you're trading for a injured player or something like that that you're banking on. Like maybe you got Tyree Kill out. Weeks. Yeah, I, I I don't think that that's a whole other situation. Um, you know, and they announced today that Ian Rapport announced today that they expect Tyree Kill to be out four to six weeks. Although uh, Chiefs head trainer Rick Burkholder mm, did uh, guy. have a press conference today where he said that. That four to six week timeline, he was just kind. Of, he kind of danced around it and was like, "You know, it's it's week to week. It's right. it's week to week. He's not going to play this week, but you know, we're just going to keep addressing it every week. See where he's at. See how he progresses. That means he's going to be out for like two months. Yeah, we know. How as far as I'm with, concerned, uh, with old Burkholder. But speaking of Chiefs wide receivers, that's right. That leaves a pretty uh, big hole in the offense. Obviously, Sammy Watkins, absolutely incredible week one. I gave everybody a bunch of bad fantasy advice, and I was benching Sammy Watkins because I thought he was going to be smothered by that Jacksonville secondary, and he absolutely went off. Looked like the best version of Sammy that we've ever seen. Ever. 198 yards, two touchdowns. Three Looked touchdowns. like a legitimate three touchdowns. Looked like a legitimate number one wide receiver that you can run your offense through. Sammy Watkins, without Tyree Kill, is that he's a number one wide receiver on your fantasy team right now with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback and Travis Kelsey. Obviously that doesn't change anything for him. He's going to get the work. He's going to get the looks. He's, you know, number one fantasy tight end in the game 
Although my guy George Kittle lost two touchdowns this week because of penalties. Kelsey lost one too. I wasn't very happy about it. But Sammy Watkins is a legitimate, like, Sammy Watkins right now, you know, if Tyreek comes back and is never healthy this season, like he comes back, fights their injury, but doesn't look like he's quite himself, like Sammy Watkins has league-winning potential if he stays on the field. And that's always been the issue with Sammy, too, is health. He's only played one one season in his career, I believe, where he started all 16 games, or maybe two now. Yes, because he's got heavy feet, although those feet looked a little light. Those feet looked a little spry. They look good, man. He looked quick. I mean, maybe it was the humidity. Maybe maybe that loosened him up a little bit in Jacksonville. So what does that mean for the rookie wide receiver, McCall Hardman, uh, and also Demarcus Robinson, who's going to be in the mix? But all, all, Hardman did get more snaps than Demarcus Robinson did. We kind of thought Demarcus Robinson might get that number three role as they're still kind of working the rookie right. in. No, they, they put him right in. He got 77% of the snaps. Demarcus Robinson, I think, ran like 53% of the snaps. So he got more snaps than Robinson, which is promising for Hardman. And Hardman was a guy that was available in a lot of leagues. He's not available in a lot of leagues in Kansas City because all you Chiefs fans already drafted him. Bias. But he is a guy that he is going to be like Sammy last year, where like Sammy was drafted with high expectation and an incredible offense where it was like Tyreek, Kelsey, Every week starters, Kareem right. Hunt, every week starter, Damian Willis, Damian Williams, every week starter. And but Sammy didn't really live up to that billing because he got hurt one and he was kind of hit or miss as he got used to the offense. And Andy Reid's offense is notoriously complicated, which is why I'm worried about Hardman just coming in and being that massive contributor right out of the gate. Yeah, because he's a rookie. He's still learning Andy Reid's offense. Andy Reid's offense is super complicated and tough and tough to dissect and tough and tough to memorize. And so I think that he's going to get a ton of snaps. They're just going to put him out there and give him an opportunity to, because with, with Mahomes, you can literally, you, you just put him out there, say, this is the double move you're going to run. Right. Just beat the dude with your speed. Right. A- and he's going to have opportunities to do that, but he's going to be a, a hit or miss guy. But I do love him this week because the Raiders defense looks super good. Right. Against the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football. I mean, Flacco's washed. Broncos offense yeah. is, is not very good. Flacco looked like a statue behind Although that Although Cor- Cortland Sutton did look nice. I, I, I like the promise there from Cortland no, Sutton. He's good. He just plays the Bears receiver. this week. So. Yeah, I, I like the promise. I have to start him in a league because I don't have a choice. Mm. But I do like Look-A-D. the promise with Cortland Sutton moving forward a little bit that we saw there. But I don't think this Raiders defense... Is some is some type of you know they're going to come out of nowhere and be a top fifteen defense yeah, or something no. like it, especially not against Kansas City. No. Like and the, and the Chiefs have had their struggles against the Raiders over the years where it's just it's that division opponent where they inexplicably play in a really tight game and they had a tight game against them last season as well. I I, I just think that you know they announced today that rookie safety Jonathan Abram, who's a very talented player, as annoying as he may be, yeah, if you, you watch Hard it. Knocks. He is a very talented player. He's hurt. He's definitely not playing in this game. They they might have to put him on IR, which means he's going to miss at least eight weeks of the season. Uh, but he's definitely not playing in this game. Gary and Conley left on a stretcher. He's saying he's okay, has a neck injury. He might not play in this game. He was kind of stretching at practice today in a limited capacity, so there is a possibility John Gruden didn't rule him out for the game or anything right. like that. There's a possibility that he's going to be active in this game. But if he's not, those are – 
two of the best players in their secondary. Right. And then they've got they've still got Carl Joseph, who who is a, a decent safety, but their corners are garbage. Garen Conley's the best corner on that team. And he's a young player, but he hasn't proven to be like a legit number one by any right. by any regard yeah. yet in his career. So I think that if you're going to just say screw it and play McCole Hardman. I think this is the week to do it because I think the Chiefs are going to go up there and drop forty anyway. So he's going to have opportunities. Yeah, the line moved from nine to seven and a half, according to our boss, who is uh, just devoted to those lines. But the thing that gets me about McCole Hardman is this week is he is a flex or a watch flex. Like if you have other guys that you feel more comfortable with, I feel free to play those guys. The biggest reason why I'm so big on McCole Hardman, and I know a lot of people say, well, he didn't get any action last week. He wasn't in the game plan last week. There was no game plan for McCole Hardman, and the reason he was on the field for so many snaps is because you have to fill that void where Tyreek Hill is, and you've got to use him as a decoy. They're not going to throw the ball to him if he's not in the game plan. First off, he was drafted because they thought they were going to be without Tyreek Hill. He is similar to that style of player. Again, no one is Tyreek Hill other than Tyreek Hill, but if you're going to play a guy against a team, against the Oakland Raiders, that's who you play with two guys out, Conley and Abram. You don't need to play anybody else um, on the Chiefs if you already have Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey. But I like McCole Hardman more than I like Damian Williams. And that's just coming from me. Because I think LaShawn McCoy is slowly but surely going to take over in that role. And uh, I think it's going to soon be 70-30 when it comes to snap counts for LaShawn McCoy, according to Damian Williams. Yeah, and they're going to be – I'm not messing with the Chiefs in daily this week at all because I think that that – that stack, I think, is going to be really popular because no one has faith in the Raiders. I think that the the Mahomes, Kelsey, Sammy, Hardman stack is going to be really popular if right. you can find a way to swing it because Hardman's probably going to be pretty cheap on Very all the daily cheap. fantasy yeah. sites. Uh, so so I, in your season-long lineups, in your redraft leagues, I think I'm playing him this week. And Hopefully it doesn't cost you a win or something like that. I think I'm willing to take the risk this week because I think the numbers are in his favor. And the snap counts there, and th- and that's what matters. They know he's more talented than Demarcus Robinson, and I don't think Demarcus Robinson is genuinely going to come out and prove that he deserves more playing time than Hardman, who was invested with a high draft pick, who we know is just a more talented player. So hopefully we get to see that because he, he's playing with the best quarterback in the NFL right now. So that obviously helps him. Yeah, when a quarterback on that team is going to throw the ball 45 times a game, he's not going to throw 20 of them to Kelsey and 20 of them to Sammy Watkins. He's going to throw some of them to McCole Hardman in this game against Oakland. Moving on to some of these other impressive wide receiver performances from week one of the NFL season. Got John Ross, Cincinnati Bengals going off, announcing himself to the league, third-year player. He was basically dead as far as everybody was concerned. Hollywood Brown didn't play in the preseason at all. Just comes in, only play, barely played any snaps, still took two 50-plus yard touchdowns, (laughs) just went off. Just absolutely absurd. John Brown. We know John Brown really well. He changes teams every year now, although I think he signed a three-year deal with the Bills. He looked like Josh Allen's number one wide receiver preview to the 6'10 Survivor Pool. I'm pretty sure I'm taking the Bills this week in the Survivor Pool. I know it's early in the season, but I got faith in my Bills. And my guy who I am very excited about, that defense is nasty at Oliver. Why are the Bills your team now? Oh, I love that defense. You went from Jacksonville to Cleveland I to Buffalo. I love that defensive front. I love Ed Oliver. I wanted I wanted Ed Oliver to fall on a team that I liked really bad, 
and it didn't happen. And so I like Ed Oliver so much that I'm rooting for the Bills to be a little bit better than they should be. And you talk about receivers that people like. Uh, this tweet just came out from Adam Schefter. I laugh because it's crazy, but it says as if the Hunter Henry knee injury wasn't problematic enough. Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn, who has the driest lips in the history of the NFL, uh, he said today he is concerned about Mike Williams' knee as well. Good uh, Boy. <laughs> and Keenan Allen wasn't healthy all Ugh. training camp. And he's an injury problem as well. So um, there's got to be a receiver in there. There's uh, something wrong with that Chargers training staff. And we, they are worse than what's going on at Arrowhead. Ooh, and that's tough to do. And you want to talk about guys that had impressive weeks in, uh, in receiving roles? Uh, Tyrell Williams, an old Charger uh, uh, receiver as well. That guy went off for Oakland. That guy was Derek Carr's guy. That yeah. guy looked great. I don't have any Shrug your shoulders all you Williams. want. Who else are you throwing to? Keelan Doss? That guy hasn't played a snap for the Raiders they yet. They did bring him back. They, they did. They cut him and then brought him back. They cut him. <laughs> Jacksonville signed him in their practice squad, and then Oakland's like, how about you come back and we give you a bunch of guaranteed money? Go pick up Keelan Doss if you want to. You know the Chiefs are oh. going to give up yardage in the receivers. So- that's let's, just true. Well, let's talk about guys that are actually going to make an impact on our fantasy teams because Tyrell Williams probably already on your team. If you want to start sure. Tyrell Williams every week, go for it. I'm not buying it. There's a lot of receivers hurt. I'm not buying into anything that Tyrell Williams is selling. Maybe he and Derek Carr have the page going. I'm not buying anything that con man John Gruden is selling. All right. He's one the of Raiders are a bad football he team. He high fived the fans after the game. Vic Fangio is just a bad head coach. That's why the Broncos oh look so terrible. God. No, they look terrible because Joe Flacco is absolutely garbage. That's yeah. why they looked horrible. Well, he's also bad, but. Very bad. He's got a great beard and, a gr- and great hair. That's. Okay. Very good looking quarterback. Who are your top three good looking quarterbacks? Flacco in the top three? Flacco. He's up there for sure. Alex I mean, Smith. Jimmy G. Alex Smith looks like the Keebler elf. Oh, no. Alex Smith's a very good-looking individual. Like Alex Smith is above Tom Brady because we, we went through this on Show and Vernon the other day. He is very handsome without Tom a shirt Tom Brady on. is very handsome, but, but Tom Brady looks like he had something done to his cheeks. There's like something. His, his cheeks are much higher and perkier than they used to I be. I also think he gets like a little Tom, bit of that Tom's, chin fixed. <laughs> Tom, Tom's had some work done. I think they take some liquid out of that like chin that, to make that's that hole not, That's not TB12. I think that helps his limbs and all of his extremities and stuff. That face has had some work done. Well, that face is... But some of the other yeah. intriguing <laughs> wide receivers. Um, so so yeah. I know uh, some people's waiver wire uh, opened up Opens up on Wednesday morning, so some of you have already put in waiver moves. Sure, uh, some people waiver wires clear on Thursday mornings, like they do in a lot of my leagues. I did have one league that went through on Wednesday. Um, wide receivers to add, I mean, the, there's a ton of promise at the deepest position in the NFL. Obviously, John Ross is going to be one of the highest added players. Hollywood Brown's going to be one of the highest added players. I think those are my two. Favorite ads of the week. I, I think John Ross is intriguing because, you know, I didn't know John Ross had it in him, to be completely honest, because we, we yeah. just had never seen it so far in his NFL Let's career. also be fair. John Ross had a busted coverage touchdown that went for like 60-plus sure. yards. It should sure. have been interception. Sure, so but that... he, also, he also had – there was like two other throws in that game where, one, he dropped one. That's fair. And another one where Andy Dalton just completely missed him, and he was wide open and probably could have gone and for another touchdown. That's the biggest question with uh, John Ross is that it's not him. I don't believe it's him they have to worry about. It's just I don't know which Andy Dalton shows up, and I don't know how they use their running backs in that system. I know they have two. One of them is Joe Mixon, who is hurt, which we'll get to that in a little bit. But like my, my concern is not John Ross. I think John Ross has been 
great coming out of, I mean, not great in the last couple of years, but he came out of college. He came out with a 4-2 speed. He's a deep threat guy. Andy Dalton still has the arm if he's healthy and his head isn't clogged up with uh, emotion of getting the ball out of his hand quick enough. I'm with you, Serta. I think John Ross is a great play, and the fact that he was available is interesting. Well, he was only owned in about 11% of leagues is- because... And the fact that he was owned that much was is kind of impressive, if you ask me, be, sure. because he's never done anything in his NFL career to warrant you drafting him or picking him up prior to week one. So, that I mean, that was a surprise, but I think I'm on the John Ross hype train, especially right now without A.J. Green, because that offense is still good. They still have players in that offense, like Giovanni Bernard, who's probably going to get a lot of love this week because Joe Mixon's hurt. Um, it sounds like Joe Mixon's ankle injury isn't super serious, so he might have an opportunity to play this week, but if he doesn't, Giovanni Bernard's going to be a guy who gets added in a lot of leagues, and Giovanni Bernard's still a talented player who's produced at the NFL level, but I Tyler Boyd's a very good wide receiver. If John Ross continues this and looks like he belongs in the NFL and uses that speed and his game-breaking ability, like, that's a very nice compliment to Tyler Boyd while they're trying to get A.J. Green healthy. And then you work A.J. Green back into the fold. All of a sudden, this is a pretty interesting passing offense with a young offensive-minded head coach in Zach Taylor. So I, I, I like John Ross a ton. I, I'm trying to add him in multiple leagues. So I would go out and get him if you can because I think he's one of my favorite ads. Uh, Hollywood Brown is obviously probably going to be the number one added player. Right. He's owned in a little bit more leagues because, you know, he's a, he's a first-round pick. Uh, we hadn't seen much else out of wide receivers in Baltimore, so there's not a ton of promise in the pass-catching game. And then Lamar Jackson comes out and just balls all day. Yeah, pretty good just for running back. all over the field, has good perfect passer rating, setting records left and right. Lamar Jackson was absolutely incredible. Marquise Brown barely played in that game. Though. Yeah, I don't think his snap barely, count was very high. He he barely he got like eight snaps or something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm and, scored, still, and scored touchdowns on his first two catches. Yeah, and I'm still I'm still wait and see. Like, if you want to play him this week, that's going to be a huge gamble. But I don't want to hear the whole fact of like, oh, what a bust. I still think he's another week on your bench, and depending on how deep your league is. I'm not 100% sold on Hollywood Brown yet. I think his game was very sexy and very intriguing. But, like, you make up the great point of he wasn't on the field very much. And when he was, it was two big plays and two scores, and that's what it was. I do. With him, though, like, obviously I don't expect this Ravens offense to do this every week. Right, they played like, Miami. They, and... they, they're, they're not going to put up 59 points again the rest of the season. But right? they're clearly going to run that and, spread offense more. You know, and I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to throw that many touchdowns in a game the rest of the season. There might be a game where he throws for three touchdowns and runs two in sure. or something like that. Like, Lamar Jackson's going to he's gonna have rushing opportunities. He's going to put up numbers with his legs. That's inevitable. But the way they spread out their running game and the threat that he is to run, like, Harbaugh said it all offseason, like, we tailored this offense to him, and we're adapting, and we're changing things, so you're going to see some things that you're not used to seeing at the NFL level, right. and there's going to be some things that you've never seen at the NFL level before. And he he was telling the truth. He he told us all offseason that's what they were going to do. He wasn't lying about it, and that's what they did in this game where Lamar Jackson's such a devastating threat in the running game. They can spread this thing out so much with their running backs and with their wide receivers, and all they did in the draft in the offseason was just add speed around this dude. Justice Hill, one of the fastest running backs in the draft. Like, uh, Miles Boykin, very, very fast wide receiver. Marquise Brown, very fast wide receiver. They can take the top off the defense. 
Like, they just added a ton of speed on the outside. They're utilizing multiple back sets, so you never know which direction they're coming, if they're going to run the ball, if they're going to throw the ball. Like, their offense is legitimately intriguing and fun, and Mark Mark Andrews is a huge part of it. Like, like their offense is exciting, and I think I'm going to try to acquire more shares in that offense. Right. I've got Justice Hill in a ton of leagues. And don't forget about Mark Ingram. Yeah, Mark, Mark Ingram was and, – and they, they did kind of – they they split between all three backs. Sure. Like, like it was a pretty even split where but their goal Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and Mark Ingram right. all got a, a pretty much the same amount of stats, sure. like percentage wise. And so it wasn't like one guy was dominant in that regard. Mark Ingram got a lot of carries. Gus Edwards got a lot of carries. Justice Hill isn't going to get a lot of that, but Justice Hill is going to be the screen game guy. And so they are intriguing to me. Like I, I don't think that this is going to happen. Again this season, not not this way anyway. Mm-hmm. But I think that you can pick up Hollywood, and sure he's going to be a boomer bust player. But I'm willing to bet he gets a few more of these types of games this season, where he just whoever's in that secondary, whatever corner, like there, you know, this sa- this safety's biting on this running game over and over again, and he just blows past that corner for a 70 yard touchdown. Yeah, they play Arizona. Detroit had a little bit of their fun with uh, with Arizona last week, especially in the tight end game. So look for uh, look for Lamar Jackson to keep that narrative going that he's going to let the ball fly because speed's what's going to be on the outside. And if he's not open down deep, Lamar Jackson's just going to run that ball outside the tackles. That would be my educated guess. And John Brown for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Your guy. Yeah, he, he's an ad for sure. I think uh, he's going to be adding a lot of leagues. He was actually owned in close to 50% of leagues anyway. He was a guy that was being drafted because they didn't really have a reliable number one wide receiver in Buffalo. And yeah. so, you know, end of your draft, you take a guy like John Brown because he's might be the best wide receiver in that offense. So he's got like flex wide receiver to appeal sure. and, and the perfect circumstances. Or maybe you went heavy running back to where you have, you know, running back, running back, and then flex the running back until you're kind of weak in receiver. John Brown, I think he's a start every week just because, like you just said, he is that guy in that Buffalo offense where he's the guy they're going to lean on to because uh, what's old boy's name that kicked the kicked the window out with his bare feet? Zay, Zay, Zay Jones. Zay Jones, yeah. I don't know what Zay was Jones running is. That, was running around that hotel naked and bleeding everywhere. That's not a guy that I would have starting over John Brown. That's <laughs> yeah, all I'm going to well, say. And, and, and Robert State Foster's represent. a guy that I really like, but he's – he is just apparently not figuring it out in year two because he had great chemistry with Josh Allen last also, year. Also, you know who the Buffalo Bills, your Buffalo Bills play this week? New York Giants. Big game. And what are your thoughts on Sterling Shepard? Concussion protocol. You think he plays this week? He was available in some leagues. I, I'm not playing him anyways because I don't think Sterling Shepard is a real number one wide receiver and he'll be shadowed by Tredavious White, who's one of the best cover corners in the NFL. Well, in that conversation, then real quick. But... I think John Brown, if he's available in your league, you should definitely add him. I'm not quite there with Dusty yet where I think he's an every week starter, but he is definitely a flex play with the right matchup. And this is a good matchup against a absolutely terrible New York Giants defense. And my guy, <laughs> Scary Terry Mack. Scary Terry McLaren, I think. McLaren. However you say his name, to be completely honest. <laughs> Third round pick for the Washington R's. We had no idea what the hell to expect from these wide receivers in Washington this Showed year. Showed out. Got a bunch of young guys nobody's ever heard of. Terry was a third-round pick, and he was basically a third-round pick out of Ohio State because the dude can straight fly. Like, he's got 4-3 yeah. speed. 
He can fly down the sideline. And he did it in this game with Case Keenum as his quarterback. He also had another one that that should have gone to the house that, that that could have made his day even better. But he had a monster game in week one. And he's a guy that I actually, outside of John Ross, week-to-week fantasy appeal, Stop. Terry might be my guy. Won't start John Brown, but you you'll could, go with Terry. You could, you could talk me into a scenario where Terry is one of the better plays like, uh, because that offense, that offense is in complete disarray. Yeah. No running back. No Jordan Reed. Cause Jordan Reed's got 17 concussions. We don't know when he's going to play again. Vernon Davis. is Vernon Davis is 35 years old. And crying. He's still, he's he's good for, he's good for two like wow moments a game. Like that guy shouldn't be able to do that anymore. And he's going to get hurt eventually, but then he fades away. Right. Uh, Trey Quinn, like you don't have any faith in Trey Quinn. I don't have faith in Case Keenum as a passer, really, or as a quarterback. But I think that Dwayne Haskins is going to start at some season for the for the R's, and Dwayne Haskins <laughs> starting is going to be good for my guy, Scary Terry. Man, who was the guy you were you big on? Was it Crowder? Is that who it was last year? Jamison Crowder. Yeah, he's not even on the team anymore. Yeah, Jamison Crowder <laughs> plays for the New York Jets now, and he had 100 yards. He had right. 17 targets from Sam Darnold. <laughs> Big and head. And Quincy Inunua got put on IR today. So Jamison Crowder, if he's available in your league, go get him right now. Yeah, former uh, Steve's guy from the Washington He had 100 Mars, yards. He had 17 targets. Nobody <sighs> else got more than, like, five in that offense. There you go, man. Scary Terry. Everybody named Terry just gets the first name Scary. Scary Terry Mac. You got to add the Mac at the end, so it's different from Scary Terry Rozier. That sounds like a bad buffet of mac and cheese. But that's enough about wide receivers. <laughs> Scary Terry, go at him right now. But there was a lot of interesting storylines for some running backs that we need to get to uh, here really quick before we get out of here. Derrick Henry. Yep. Fade. Lit it up against my Browns. And, yes, I was devastated. Um, I thought that the Browns were going to smoke Tennessee. I know Tennessee's got a good defense. Their defense looked really good. Because Mike Vrabel and that that mustache has got him going. But I don't think it was even necessarily just that Tennessee's defense looked really good. I think the Browns were just bad. It was just a bad football game for Cleveland. Baker was terrible. He was missing throws. He he wasn't going through his progressions. He was forcing stuff. Yeah, like like ba- Baker just had a bad game. Left the game in a soft cast. It was a culture Everybody shot. can hate as much as they want. Fair. Baker's still a very young quarterback. He's still a second-year player. Uh, no one, like, like with Mitch Trubisky, you read all the reports during training camp about what uh, reporters were saying and beat writers were saying was like, Mitch is plateaued. Like <laughs> like Mitch is, Mitch is the same or worse as he is from last year. Like that's what happened with Blake Bortles. We saw Blake Bortles had one year where he threw 35-plus touchdowns and 4,000 yards, and Blake Bortles was never the same again after that year because that was peak Blake Bortles. Like A lot of writers in Chicago were saying last year might have been the best Mitch that we ever see because he has not shown signs of improvement whatsoever. No one in Cleveland was saying that about Baker Mayfield. Everybody, if you read every report, every piece on the Cleveland Browns from the offseason about people that spent time with the team – people that write weekly for the team, everybody said Baker to Odell looks incredible. Baker to Njoku looks incredible. This offense offense looks like it's going to be insane. Had a bad game. He's still a very young quarterback. 
Freddie Kitchens, yeah, I don't know about Freddie Kitchens yet. Maybe he is a terrible head coach. Right. But I'm not just going to sit here and act like and me being a biased Browns fan. There's still a ton of optimism around that team. They're way too talented yep. offensively. Their offensive line is bad, but everybody knew their offensive line was bad. Yeah. Their defensive front is baller. Their linebackers are bad. They're bad against the run. Everybody knew their linebackers were bad, but their secondary is very good and their pass rush is very good. They've got to find ways to rectify those inefficiencies and get better. It's still very early in the season, week one, overreaction. I think Baker's going to be just fine. On the other side of the ball, Marcus Mariota, that might be the best game Marcus Mariota plays all year. Yeah, he's another guy contract here. He's got to yes. figure it out this year. I don't know how much longer that pressure weighs in on him and he just collapses, but nothing has given me any indication that Marcus Mariota can literally be a quarterback that makes it through the entire season, one, healthy, two, consistent, and three, like we said, is a culture shock. That that Tennessee play, I think it was Derrick Henry in the second, maybe the second quarter, maybe the first quarter, hit one catch for 77 yards for a touchdown. That skews stats. That takes people out of the game. Yes, there's a lot of ego on this Cleveland Browns team, but that talent is so crazy and so good that, yes, Nick Chubb had decent uh Hype before the season. Sir and I both are on that island. We both believe that the hype will continue. That was a bad game for Cleveland. There's teams that get a lot of tape and they get a lot of time to prep for you when it's the first game of the year. Overreaction is huge. I'm with Sir on this. I think that Baker's fine. I think that Odell's fine. I think Chubb's fine. I did not like the fact that they did not give Chubb that rushing touchdown, though, inside the five. I that mean, was a little concerning. And Dontrell Hill, you just got hurt, though. Like, like, I mean, that was just a fluky thing. Like, Nick Chubb's going to get those opportunities. And again, it's week one. So don't fall for the coward uh, bait where he just like, trashed yeah, like him because I'm, that's his gimmick. I'm fading Derrick Henry for sure. everywhere. And I don't want to hear the text or the calls of like, thanks for telling me to bitch Derrick Henry. When he does it three weeks in a row, then you can give me crap oh, for fine, it. But he's, he's never he's, done he's it three weeks have, in a row. Next week, he's going to wind up having 13 carries for 37 yards. And one catch for negative four. Yeah. Like, like Derrick Henry. zero touchdowns. Derrick Henry, that that's he's the king of the the monster game, and then just disappearing. Like I have no faith in Derrick Henry. They're still missing Taylor Lewan for another few weeks. Like their offensive line isn't great right now. They're banged up. Like I, I don't have a ton of faith in Derrick Henry. No. Uh, another guy that went down though uh, for Washington, Darius Geis. Yep. Gonna be out for the near future. We haven't really been given any type of timetable on his injury. It's uh, some type of MCL injury, but they said it wasn't in. His surgically repaired need from his ACL last season was right. in the opposite knee, uh, but it was something that he's had problems with in college. I kind of just want to cut Darius guys. I've got him. In, I've got him in a couple of leagues. I am dropping him in one league, but that that league we've got really shallow benches. See another one of your guys. And so no, he's a guy that like I loved him in college. Drafted him in this league just out of sheer potential. And he's gotten hurt on me for the final time. Like That's right. I, I am done. Like it just seems like he's on the Keenan Allen. It just territory. seems like he is not doing enough things. And I know Washington's got a history of this of right. players getting injured, and it's it seeming like their training staff is pretty poor. But he's just another one of those guys where it seems like he himself is not doing enough of the little things to take care of himself because he shouldn't be getting injured this often and this frequently with. No, with virtually no work. And at that young of an age. Yeah, because like, like Keenan Allen, at least like he got some miles on his tires bef- before he started getting these injuries piling up on him. And then he had, you know, two or three years where it was like injury, injury, injury. 
But then he stayed healthy all last year, and we saw what he could be. We haven't seen any signs of Darius Guy staying healthy. Adrian Peterson named the starter today. Uh, I do have Adrian Peterson in one league. He was like a late round flyer. I'm not. I'm not starting him. Not in against any Dallas. Leagues. Yeah, I, I, I'm not really starting him. Yeah, uh, barring he's got to play the worst run defense in the NFL for me to right. consider starting him. No, it's clearly obvious the starter out of Washington is is Thompson. That's the guy you should start. He had 14.6 yeah. yards last week, or 14.6 points last week. He had. I think seven catches. I think he had, he's he's their pass yeah. guy. Yeah, he's the he's the pass guy, and they're going to be playing from behind in virtually every game. And that's all we need to say about that because that's exactly what that's going to be, especially against Dallas, who has a high octane offense. Which there's, I think it's Michael Gallup. My my God. I mean, I know that Amari Cooper is the guy. I also said earlier, I I don't disagree with anybody who, if you lost Hunter Henry, I think that Jason Witten's a good guy to pick up. But Dallas is going to be beating a lot of people for most of the game. So if you do have a scat back, a guy that's going to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield, and this week it's Thompson, ESPN's got him pre-ranked at 11.1 points right now. I think that number goes up. I think Adrian Peterson is old. He's too old for the NFL. His style of running is uh, ancient, and uh, it's only a matter of time until Thompson takes over in that role. That's just what I honestly feel, and if you're in full-point PPR, it ain't going to be Adrian Peterson getting the catches. LeJean McCoy looked very good. That's only going to go up as well. He's going to steal stuff from uh, Damian Williams. Yeah. That's fair. As long as he gets a jersey that fits. I I still think with the Chiefs running backs, I'm staying away from all of them right now, too, because do I think LeJean McCoy is more talented than Damian Williams? Yes. Do I do? But at his age, do I think that he can maintain himself for an entire season? No, not really. But Damian Williams has never done that either. I think LaShawn McCoy, obviously, peak LaShawn McCoy is more talented than Damian Williams has ever been in his life. Right. And the other thing that's scary about the Chiefs, too, is that there are so many guys on that offense that are big play capability that it's it's almost like a grab bag of who you start that week. And if that's the situation, again, I know this is uh, a Kansas City town. Uh, we're, We're based in Kansas City, so people have a lot of Kansas City players in their team. It's too hard to guess who's going to be the guy. And if it's outside of Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey, it's too much of a gamble. That's why guys like McCole Hardman are a flex week to week, depending on the matchup. And I'm like you, I just don't know honestly right now the, who the clear picture is between Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy. Do I think inevitably LaShawn McCoy ends up taking the bulker uh, grab of those carries and those catches? 100%. But it's like you said, LaShawn McCoy is 31. Age is a factor. Injuries can pile up. And that quick step that he had in week one can slow down by weeks. You got Karrion Johnson. You little frustrating. It's a you little frustrating. Like you said, Dusty, you need to draft Karrion Johnson this year because this guy's going to oh, tear it up. Oh, that's my fault. It's, you're this blam- is on you're blaming you. me for your yes, decision. Because I told you two weeks, two years ago, two years ago, I told you that Christian McCaffrey was going to be the best fantasy football player, and you finally... Why didn't you take Christian McCaffrey, then? I did. I took him first overall in my league. Okay, well, good for you. I took Kieran Johnson in good... the third round. Yeah, and he's I'm still pissed. going to be a very good player. I didn't see it. He I sure got Marlon cared. Mack in the third round of a draft, and everybody was like, Marlon Mack, he's going to be terrible without Andrew Luck. I was like, he still has one of the, the, the best offensive line in the NFL. I think he's going to be okay. He shared carries with fat-ass C.J. Yeah. Anderson. Be mad at Matt Patricia, not at me. God. Mad at Matt Patricia wheeling Why is C.J. Anderson ruining people's lives? No, Matt Patricia <laughs> is ruining people's lives. Matt Patricia Ugh. is a terrible head coach. They Matt put, Patricia uh. has no business coaching an NFL franchise. 
God, you're right. He he still. I just don't get it. I know that I know that it's overused, but he still uses the number two pencil on a laminated sheet. And they were playing from behind. They they had the lead, huh. and they still couldn't get my guy Carrion Johnson the ball. Carrion's going to be fine, in my opinion. I, I they they said, and that's they said that they were going to do that during training camp. They said that C.J. Anderson was going to be in the mix and he was going to get carries. It's just annoying because you know Carrion Johnson's just a much more talented player. Are you playing Carrion Johnson in the flex over McCole Hardman this week? That's um, what I thought. That's what I thought. I mean, what? Who's Detroit? Detroit matchup? plays the Chargers, and Austin Eckler absolutely destroyed yeah. the Indianapolis Colts last week. Oh yeah, Austin Eckler looked like a badass. But what I'm saying is that Detroit plays the Chargers. And Marlon, I Mack, just don't. Marlon Mack destroyed the Chargers. I, I just think that Detroit's coaching is so inept that it's going to continue to hurt Carrion Johnson. But he's going to get the volume eventually because he's too talented of a player. So you want him in your lineup. Like I, I don't think that. I also don't think that Carrion's not a, a flex for me right now. He's a running back too. Like I, I don't think that mo- most rosters in you know twelve team leagues. You probably don't have a running back that's wildly more talented than Kerry and Johnson on your on I have your Chubb and McCaffrey. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that instance, because <laughs> you help me out, I with would that. probably go Chubb. I probably I would definitely go McCaffrey. Probably Chubb. And yeah, I would consider McColl. That's what I'm thinking. I just think that if that's the like, situation that you're in, I'm just pissed at you because of Kerry and Johnson. I'm not mad at Patricia yet. I'm not mad at Fat Silent Bob yet. Because now Silent Bob is skinny and still wears hockey jerseys. But Matt Patricia, if that continues, man, that might be my biggest bust this year. Is Kyrian Johnson? Houston Texans <laughs> traded for Carlos Hyde. Man, they got to get a GM, dude. What is Bill O'Brien doing? They traded for Carlos Hyde. He actually had a decent game Monday night against the Saints. It was a fantastic football game. Uh, ruined for Deshaun Watson by Bill O'Brien and him being an absolutely horrendous head coach but gonna get his quarterback killed promising a lot of people were you know overreacting to the final stat line of Carlos Hyde he averaged like eight yards per carry had like 80 yards on 10 carries um but it was a little bit misguided because Duke Johnson was taking a a majority of the snaps granted they're playing from behind the second half they were throwing the ball a lot Duke Johnson's gonna be in on all of those passing downs I think Duke Johnson's still the upside guy uh, I, I don't care how many carries a game Carlos Hyde gets. I'm never going to start Carlos Hyde in a fantasy lineup. You kind of have to hold on to that, though, too, because you were, you were trashing Carlos Hyde. Yeah, and I'll still trash him. I, still think, he, I still think he's a bad football player. He's playing for his life. He's yeah. playing for his professional life. If Carlos Hyde gets cut from this team, he's done in the NFL. He is, play, he is giving it everything he possibly <laughs> has to stay on this team this season to get one last chance. I don't knock the guy for that. I just don't like it that people keep coming at me trying to tell me how good Carlos Hyde is when I know he's not. This is also part of the anger that his co-hosts have on his show that he does 10 to 2, the fastest growing show on 610 Sports Radio. And in the city, he had to uh, he was asked to apologize about his comments on Carlos Hyde. No, and Steven Sturt is holding for him. Apology. You're holding for Carlos Hyde. I should be motivating <laughs> yeah. Carlos Hyde. Shout out Hughley and Bernier. He's still not going to apologize. Carlos Hyde should be happy that I'm hating on him, and he should use it as fuel to be great one day. But I he's f- not going to be great because he's past the prime of his career. I feel like you hate Carlos Hyde because he wears the long sleeves under the jersey. No, nah, he didn't do that in San Francisco. He likes it now, and it worked. But I think Duke Johnson's the guy to own in that backfield. Philadelphia Eagles, legitimate committee. Yeah. 
Alshon's still bald. He had a rushing touchdown, which was oh, weird. Oh, there's just there's so there's just so many dudes. In and that Deshaun offense, is clearly and Deshaun and Carson Wentz it's, clearly are on the same page. I avoided Eagles offensive players in almost every draft except for Carson Wentz, and I'm right. kind of glad I went with that strategy because there's just so many people in that offense. Like Deshaun Jackson, highest targeted wide receiver. He had two fifty plus yard touchdowns, but then Alshon Jeffrey got a touchdown and a rushing. Like, Zach Ertz had reason. a decent game. Dallas Goddard had some catches. Uh, you know, Darren Sproles was involved. Miles nice Sanders, one. Jordan Howard. Corey Clement didn't even play, and, and Doug Peterson this week was like, yeah, I think we're going to get Corey Clement involved this week. God. Like, and, and they've got a talented rookie wide receiver named J.J. Arcega-Whiteside who barely played in that game. He might be involved at some point. I'm really glad I went the Carson Wentz route because yeah. trying to navigate all of that is going to be a huge headache. Miles Sanders is staying on your bench for the time being. Granted, he did look – he didn't do much with the opportunities that he got in that game – but he did look good, kind of right. like David Montgomery did in that in that Thursday night game. Like David Montgomery, yeah, didn't the stat the stat and that's going to go up. Yeah, the stat sheet didn't portray a picture of how good he looked. Like he he was breaking tackles, he was getting outside to the edge. Like he he looks like he's a talented player who's going to get more involved. But I don't think you can risk putting him in your lineup Correct. right now. Uh, Los Angeles Rams. People are really frustrated with Todd Gurley. You saw it um, coming. They told you it was going to happen. Yeah. Sean McVay was honest about it all offseason. It was another circumstance where everybody was just like, it's Gurley. He's going to give him the ball. Well, okay. No, not in the first half of that game. Nope. And they said that they're going to rest Todd Gurley, that they're going to try to keep him fresh for the postseason this year because they don't want to go into another postseason where they've got a chance to compete for a Super Bowl Fat C. with C.J. Anderson as their lead back because Gurley's hurting so bad. So, you know, Gurley had a big second half. He did virtually nothing in the first half. Malcolm Brown got a bunch of carries. Malcolm Brown, if he's available in any of your leagues, he was he was already taken in almost every league that I'm in. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Brown's a must-add in every league. And in that offense, the way that they run the football, he's going to have weekly starting value on your team. If he continues to get, you know, 10 to 13 carries a game, Todd Gurley gets 15 carries a game. Todd Gurley's still going to be in the passing game more than Malcolm Brown. That's not his game. Right. But Malcolm Brown's going to get the Malcolm Brown's also going to get the goal line carries. Like Malcolm Brown is like Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman were a couple years ago. That's like, right. Like that. Like that backfield. Both of those running backs carried value, and both of those running backs were weekly starters in your fantasy lineup. Malcolm Brown's going to have that value this season. Daryl Henderson can probably be dropped at this point. He did get dropped by me this week. I picked him up thinking that maybe he would have a little bit more of a significant role. That's not happening. Also, they're in the same situation as Philadelphia's in. Cup, Cooks, and Robert Woods, man. There's a lot of targets that Goff can go to. But like Serta said, man, they're going to run a lot. They're going to try to open up the game via the run. And then it's just a guessing game of who they go to. And it's clearly obvious that Brandon Cooks is either the deep threat or he's not there. And that Robert Woods has got to beat the zone or that Cooper Cup's just... That's tough, man. I don't. I mean, I was big on Cooper Cup at the start of the year, but now I'm just kind of staying away from anybody that's in the Rams' uh, offense. Oh, I, don't, I still love Cooper Cup. I still love Robert Woods. Uh, another thing the Rams were doing, which was I thought was awesome, they were doing these inside handoffs to the wide receivers. Yeah. Like, so, so the wide receivers were, and they did it multiple times. And I, I think it was a, it was a really fun, creative play. That's just McVay being um, horny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all it is, so man. <laughs> I, all, everybody in that offense is going to have value. They're going to look better. They struggled a little bit week one. Right. But you got to get Malcolm Brown. If you're if you're a Todd Gurley owner, you have them both. Shit, start them both. Handcuff them. But 
Catch me on Sunday morning, 9 a.m., Fantasy Football Sunday, 610 Sports Radio. You can hit uh, Dusty Likens up at Dusty Likens on Twitter. Follow me as well at Steven Serta. Thank you guys for listening. Carry on, Johnson. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com. 